Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. I want to welcome my friend Jared to the show to talk all about Instagram and content creation, all the things. Thanks so much for joining me today. Natasha, I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to first dive into your journey because I found you when I was like on my TikTok lurking stage. And then we both spoke at LaterCon, which is where we kind of started connecting more. And I'm like, I've seen all these things. Like you used to be a soul cycle instructor. You used to do all these other things in your past life. So like lead us to the journey of how you got to where you are today. Okay. I'm going to dive in. I'll give you kind of like the cliff notes and anything else that you want me to like dive deeper on. I'm an open book. So feel free, but we'll start kind of at like post-college era. So we're in like 2011 ish. I went to USC out in Los Angeles. I studied graphic design. My my major was fine art. And when I graduated from college, you know, kind of lost figuring out my life, doing some graphic design work. And it was cool for a little bit, but I ended up working at a couple places that really just didn't treat me so nice. One of them was pretty extreme in, in their manipulation and just not a good experience to the point one day I remember being at a WeWork and parting my hair in the mirror early one morning and I had a bald spot on my head mm. and I was like whoa what the hell is that and I remember some of my co-workers it was a really small team saw it and like almost just laughed it off it was crazy anyways oh very toxic work environment but I bring this up because it was during this time that I not discovered Instagram because I'd been on Instagram for a little bit in a personal sense but I discovered it in terms of how it began to change my life so I actually remember the day this is like the turning point of my life April 4th 2015 wow we have a date <laughs> I know I know like how specific it's almost six years ago I oh my wow. yeah oh wow almost six years ago at this point. And what had happened was I'd been following a woman for close to a year. Her name is Kayla Itzinas. She's big in the fitness world. If anyone, most, most people kind of know her or that rings a bell. And at the time she had a program called BBG, really awful name, actually bikini body guide. Yeah. Um, I think now it's the sweat app, which is a little bit better. And I've been following her and all of these incredible women. And I knew they were real people. You could click into their account and see their transformation. And I was just needing something really positive and just, I think a distraction in my life at the time. So I decided after all these months of following her to download this workout guide 12 weeks long and to go to the gym and start working out. And it was that day that I also created my Instagram account, which at the time was workout to bean. I'm now Jared bean. And I instantly, within like a week or two, all these things started happening. I, one, was doing this workout guide and it just, you know, exercise, it makes you feel good. So I was feeling positive in that sense. 
And I all of a sudden was inserted into this niche, this community of women also doing the program. And because of my life at that time between my awful job and also uh, I had like no friends, I was struggling from social anxiety. So I really needed connection. (laughs) And so I was like talking to these women and, and just that connection was really important to me. And then the third, I was really finding Instagram as this creative outlet. So all of a sudden, all these positive things were happening and it was really special. And within, goodness, I think three months I had 15,000 followers, which was just mind boggling. I mean, that today would still be mind boggling. That's a lot of people. And I was also falling in love with fitness. That's when I rediscovered SoulCycle after not taking it for a while. And I got this crazy pipe dream to become a SoulCycle instructor, which was, it took me about a year to actually become one. And then I taught for about a year and a half. So that was actually a really important transformational chapter of my time. And all this time I was also growing and fostering my Instagram account. So all these kind of moving parts happening. And with SoulCycle, I ended up leaving sort of mid 2018 in order to pursue content creation and influencing full time, which I did for about like completely um, just sort of focusing on that for about a year, year and a half. Uh, And if we get to sort of towards the end of 2019, I had this feeling in me for a while, this sort of anxious feeling of, okay, you know, this content creation thing, I love it. I'm successful at it, but I want to do more partly for my own fulfillment, but also in a business standpoint as well. I felt like I had all my eggs in one basket. And so I hired a business coach and it was with the incredible help of her that I realized I had all this inherent knowledge about social media and I really enjoy teaching it as well and showing the behind the scenes process. And that was how I developed my social media coaching business. And I have the social media saloon that is the name of my group coaching course. It's a three month long program where I teach the ins and outs of Instagram. And I'm just coming up on my one year anniversary of that. I've had three rounds. The third round is finishing up now. And I can't wait for the next one. So that kind of gives you a taste of like graphic designer, Jared, a fitness, Jared, a content creator, Jared, a social media coach, Jared. And that brings us up to present day. Oh, so, so good. And I can definitely see why I'm sure we'll talk about building community and why it's so important um, a little bit later, but I can definitely see why you kind of planted your roots in that. And I think it's really interesting, you know, because you're making this pivot or you've already made this pivot a whole year where, you know, you have your social media coaching business and you're also an influencer, like you're on your TikTok, you're on Instagram, you're a speaker, you're doing all these things. How do you balance it all? I know it's like the age old question, but I'm curious, like, how do you find balance in doing all of those things? Natasha, that is an excellent question that I am still asking myself. And I like to be really real with people when they ask me questions and I don't necessarily have it all together. I'm never going to be one to be like, oh, it's all balanced. I got these systems. It's great. I I have all this free time. I'm going to be so honest with you. The past year, if I look at 2020, was such a crazy year. It was like the year of hustle between both personal and professional life. So personally, my husband and I got married in the middle of COVID. We moved from New York City to Austin. That was the year I launched the social media saloon. I'm also balancing that between content creation, Jara, and TikTok and uh, developing my sort of speaking career and teaching because I'm doing a lot of virtual classes these days. And so I really don't have it balanced. I don't. And it is my goal 
goal in 2021, the year we are currently in, to really figure that out. Because at this point, I know if I continue at the rate that I am, I'm going to be totally burnt out. And mm-hmm. I need to figure out how to bring my regular life that is not related to work back into the to the picture here. And so full disclosure, I don't really have it balanced. It's been pretty much 100% work, 100% hustle the past 12 months or a little bit more. And now I'm like, okay, the goal is to find the balance. So maybe in yeah. a couple months, you can check in on me yes. and I'll have a better answer for you. <laughs> but I feel you so much on that. And I think that it's so easy for people on the outside of our social media accounts to see us and be like, oh my gosh, they're killing it. Like so much growth, so many new things. Their programs are going great. Like they're creating all this content and not realizing that behind the scenes of really big pivots and areas of growth and these big projects, there's those really messy seasons where you're like, I am tired and I need to rest and this isn't sustainable and we need to figure out another thing. Like this is great, but we need to figure out a better way. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, totally. And I think we have to give ourselves permission sometimes. Like we want balance, of course. I don't think our life should be 100% in balance, 100% work. But behind the scenes, sometimes there is this hustle mode and it's a year of just craziness. And so we can be real and transparent about that. But at the same time, I want to be like, okay, I've had this year of hustle, but I personally don't want it to be this way forever. So I think as long as we're transparent and clear and kind of pulling back the curtain so that people understand what goes into it, but also what we're craving, then it kind of gives off. I don't know. It's all about just being transparent and, and telling people where you're at, which I'm usually never really afraid to do. Yeah, I think it's almost like normalizing the conversation around it and not normalizing that hustle is normal and should be the norm for any business. Yeah. You know, no matter what your boundaries are, we don't want to be hustling 24-7. So exactly. love that we were able to touch on that. I first want to talk a little bit about TikTok. Ooh, my favorite topic. Yes, and that's (laughs) where I discovered you. And I mean, just to recap, I've talked about this in the podcast before, but I knew in 2020, I was like, I know Instagram's going to get a TikTok. (laughs) So I need to be on TikTok to understand how this world works. And I mean, I fell into the For You page hole and have been loving it ever since. And you were one of my favorite accounts that I found on there. So what even inspired you to start on TikTok? What like surprised you from using TikTok? Like, let me in on that kind of behind the scenes. Yes. Oh, I don't, I just get so jazzed talking about TikTok. I think because it has been such a breath of fresh air for me, just in terms of how the algorithm works, the visibility, the creativity. I mean, even if we dive into some of the types of content and ways that you can create on TikTok, it's just so different from any platform, I really feel like it taps into people's, it's sort of that feeling of you come across a piece of content, you're like, Oh, me too. Or I never thought someone felt this way. Like it taps into that sort of sentiment, which is really special. But if we zoom back to December, 2019, so a little over a year ago, I joined TikTok because a Insta friend of mine, her, her handle is her Atlas. She's 
awesome. I always loved her content on Instagram. She started off as a smaller creator, but holy smokes, has she just blown up, which is so, so well-deserved because she's so creative and, and unique. Um, and she's just awesome. But I saw her success on TikTok. I think she'd had like 300,000 followers or something at the time. And I was just like, wow, the, I guess the possibility for growth over there right. is tangible. And so I wanted in on that. And I joined and I just kind of started making kind of silly, goofy videos. I'm a weird, goofy, funny mm -hmm. person. And I wanted to tap into that. And nothing really took off at first, which is fine. Like things don't need to take off in order for you to enjoy a platform. However, mm -hmm. I created, I think it was an Insta story tutorial video. And perhaps that was my first piece of content specifically on social media. And something about that took off. I think it was one of my first kind of viral or highest view videos. And then I made another one talking about Instagram and another one about content creation and photography. And those were the ones that took off. And I was like, whoa, mm -hmm. people are interested in this. And I, very importantly, this is, this is something I want to point out, enjoyed making content about it. We don't only want to create content that does well. We also like, just because it does well, we want to have an interest and passion and uh, be excited about it. And, and I was, so then I started to go much more niche. And I'll point out that I went much more niche on TikTok than I am on Instagram because on Instagram, I, I straddle the line between content creator and also social media coach. But on mm -hmm. TikTok, I was able to just go full niche social media. And I just loved that I could teach, that I could inspire, that I could be goofy. Like I said, it's just been this breath of fresh air with how we're able to present ourselves, talk about what we're interested in. And I think too, we're so used to Instagram being this highlight reel, even though I try not to use it as a highlight reel. When I, what I teach my students is not to use it as a highlight reel. I think that's a very passe Instagram concept, but it is still you know, a little mm -hmm. bit highlight reel. And TikTok to me feels very different. Like we don't necessarily need high quality. I'll sometimes spend five minutes making a video and it can get a couple million views. So it's sort of this release of pressure that I think so many of us have felt on Instagram for so long. So I could go on and on about it, but that was kind of my initial draw to it and, and still how I feel about it in current day. Yeah, so much good stuff there. And I think you touched on something that is really important for people to consider when using TikTok. And I think that really having a niche is so key. I mean, I think anyone that is gone somewhat viral has really taken off on TikTok. I mean, it can be as specific as making a certain type of food on a certain type of grill. I mean, certain, per yes. I mean, there's just so many things. I'm sure we could ramble. You know, and ramble. my favorite, I'll point out too, just for a little laugh of how specific yeah. you can get. I've seen baby swimming classes where they just like throw babies <laughs> throw in them pools, in the water. which like sounds really awful, but like, of course it's a professional thing. And like these yes. babies learn how to swim. It's crazy. Right. And then I saw this one recently. There's like an earwax removal service. <laughs> and she just makes these videos about this like water she you put in your ear and you see the wax coming out oh and it's like millions of followers. So talk about freaking niche. It's crazy. Oh, that is so, so nuts. And I feel like that breaks the mold of like the most, I mean, I think I mean, Clubhouse is another topic, but I think of one of the social media platforms, I think gets the most resistance. I think that TikTok is actually one of them. 
specifically for, I think, like people that feel like they're too old for the platform. And I think unless you're like 14, I think the platform inherently makes you feel a little old. I don't know (laughs) if that's just me. But what is like your kind of response? People are like, I just think it's just for young people. It's just dancing. It's just all these things. Why can a business owner find fulfillment and actually see some great results from using TikTok? I think if anyone is saying I'm too old or I don't want to dance or lip sync, they have not spent any time on the platform and they're really only understanding it probably from when TikTok was like in its musically days, which I never, I had no idea what musically is. Like, I think it is only singing and dancing and like preteens and all that, which is fine. Um, But we are so, so far past that. And even from TikTok, the platform itself, TikTok has made statements or content around the fact that, and I think this was starting in mid 2020 or so, that they're really making a push towards practical, educational, inspirational content. And we have proof of that with their, not the creator fund, but the uh, weren't, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on what it's called, but I was part of it for a little bit where I worked with them and had to create 50 pieces of content, individual videos that were educational or inspirational in some shape or form. And of course, I'm blanking on the name right now, but they had a lot of different creators, big and small, working on that in order to make this push for more, more of that type of content. So yes, like we see the singing and the dancing. And if anyone wants to do that, by all means, like you can express yourself however you'd like on TikTok. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to specifically businesses, it's such an incredible platform to be on for visibility and awareness to talk and show and teach about what you know, in order to establish that authority and, and make that no like trust factor known. And I think it's a really great way to get people off the platform to other platforms where you can potentially make a sale, whether it's them sending you a DM on Instagram or Mm -hmm. you've link in bio to sign up for your course or email marketing, that type of thing. I think it's a really great way to people to become aware of you, what you do, and then have it lead to something else. Yes, I completely agree with that. And that, of course, makes me think of Reels, which I very much love. And I'm kind of curious, like, what are your thoughts on, like, Reels versus TikTok? Like, where do your thoughts lie there? Because I know even just this week, I don't know if you've seen it where, like, Instagram's saying, like, yeah, we don't really like Reels right now. And, like... TikTok's beating us, and I'm like, what is going on? So, what oh my do you god, think? I didn't hear that. I'll have to look that yeah, up because I feel like that's your way. yes, please do. I feel like that's so weird for Instagram to admit something like that. It's like such tea. Right. Um, okay, so a couple things that I think first of all, TikTok versus Reels. I, my, my heart, if I'm going to compare the two specifically reels to TikTok, my heart is absolutely with TikTok for a couple reasons. One, the algorithm is unlike any type of algorithm we're going to see on Instagram, because I always use this, this example. It's not the goal, but I think it proves a point that on TikTok, if you have zero followers and post your first video, it can go viral with millions of views. I have seen so many accounts where this has happened. I don't necessarily think that this is the best thing to happen because going viral right away, I think has some like consequences mentally right. and, and all of that, but it's pretty incredible that it can happen. So we are not 
limited by the amount of followers that we have. Like we off, often, not all the time now with Reels, but often are on Instagram. So it sort of levels the playing field in a way that many other platforms, specifically Instagram, doesn't. The other reason why I love TikTok a little bit more than Reels is because Reels to me kind of feels like a regurgitation of what we see on TikTok. Like every single trend is birthed on TikTok and then it slowly makes its way over to Reels because people repost or see those things and, and bring it over. So the creativity factor definitely lies with TikTok. And I think there's a lot of things that happen on TikTok that actually will never make sense for real. So we see things like the POV trend is really popular on TikTok and I think has a lot more longevity to it, or even um, different features like duets and stitching, which is so ingrained in the TikTok culture that I'm not yeah. sure will ever make sense, at least maybe soon or recently, because Reels doesn't even have that feature. So I just see so much with TikTok with creativity and features that Reels doesn't have. That being said, I do think Reels is a really great feature so far added to Instagram because there's so much value in this short form, bite-sized, digestible content mm -hmm. that we only kind of really got in stories, but now we have it in this more permanent way in reels. In addition to, as I'm sure you are so aware of Natasha, the fact that we have been so exactly. limited with our organic reach on Instagram, like <laughs> hashtags, don't even get me started. Like I have a bone to pick with hashtags are not my favorite, but now we have reels in order to get in front of new people finally. So even though I love TikTok and if I had to create a battle TikTok versus reels, I will always choose TikTok. I do see a lot of positivity um, and benefit to reels being added to Instagram. Yes. I agree with a lot of your points. Are you ready to start showing up consistently and growing your brand using Instagram? I am so excited to reintroduce my signature courses, Instagram for Impact and Shine on Instagram video. Instagram for Impact teaches my signature framework for strategically showing up in a way that makes Instagram a lot more fun and profitable for your brand. So if you want a plan on where to focus your energy on Instagram, this course will give you impact-driven content strategies that I know you'll love. And then with Shine on Instagram video, I basically combined all of my favorite tactics for using IGTV, stories, reels, lives. I teach you how to use all four video types effortlessly in your content strategy to build real relationships with your audience. So that course is for you if you really want to use video content to position yourself as an expert and leverage the major marketing features on Instagram. And if you're like, both of those sound really awesome, you can get them both in a bundle to save you time and money. And it also includes my guides mini course and my 30 day reels challenge with 60 detailed reels prompts. So if you want to get more details on these courses and enroll today, I have a link in the show notes, but let's get right back into this conversation. I would love to talk about like your tips for creating short form video. Cause I think a lot of people don't consider is that because there's less time for you to tell a message, tell a story, show something, give value because your time is so limited. 
they actually can be one of the more difficult types of videos to create. It really challenges your storytelling skills. So I'm curious, like, what have you really mastered when it comes to these 15 to one minute types of videos for TikTok and Reels? Yes. So, so many tips. I'm going to start first focusing a little bit more on talking to camera because I think that's a type of content that is applicable to so many of us, especially anyone in the service-based industry or content creators. And the structure that I like to give, which you know is flexible, but it's a good starting point, is actually the way I like to structure my captions as well. So this applies to the written format too, is to think about it in three parts. You have your hook, which is the very beginning. You have your content with value, which is in the middle. And then you have your CTA, your call to action at the end. I want to put a little bit more emphasis on the first two. The hook is the first at most three seconds, more like one and a half to two seconds that you have to entice people to your video. You have to grab their attention. You have to make it not necessarily exciting, but at least like a title preview into what's about to happen. You want it to be snappy and quick. And then with your content with value, that's where you're delivering the information. That's where you're educating, inspiring, motivating, entertaining as well. That is a a way we can provide value. It doesn't always have to be super heavy and deep. It can be funny and lighthearted. And then your CTA is where you want them to, of course, take action. Now, within that, if you are doing a talking to camera video, I would recommend to write out a little bit of a script, whether you follow it to a T or it's just there to guide you so that there is zero rambling. Like every word, every sentence you say should have a point to it. There shouldn't be anything fluffy or extra. And I would also recommend not having any spaces between what you say. So for example, if I had two tips next to each other about growing your community and I said, Hey everyone, here's tip number one you should really respond back to comments. Or if I edit it to say, hey everyone, here's tip number one, you gotta respond back to all of your comments. Here's tip number two, so it's like back to back to back, Um, no space in between. And then another thing to bring up too, whether we're doing talking to camera or whether you are showing something with a voiceover, because that's another format that I really like as well, is to think of pattern interrupting. And this is a concept I also apply to stories sometimes as well. And take this with a grain of salt because I don't always do it, but it, it is a good tool to have in your back pocket, is how can you keep visual interest with what is going on. So if I'm talking to camera, I might be a little bit further back from from camera to say step one. I might be a little bit closer to the camera for step two. I might have a moment where it's just one sentence and I have like a funny look on my face, just something to keep people moving along with you versus one monotonous look or feel. Um, And you can get a little bit more complicated with this by actually changing up your environment as you're filming. Maybe you're sitting down, standing up, maybe you switch your clothes, just anything to keep that visual interest moving along is also a nice little trick to have. Yes, those are so, so good. And I think that shows how powerful short form video can be for just your video skills in general. If you learn how to be concise with your words and how to talk to camera, you're going to be better in different forms of content like live streaming and other types of forms like your even your stories are going to improve. So those are so many good tips. I would love to talk on lives. I know you started implementing a lot of lives. You do your weekly lives, you do your Q and A's. Um, Why do you think that live stream video is kind of a good way to complement with those shorter form types of videos as well? 
Okay. So there are so many people on social media. We are all worried about oversaturation and standing out from the noise and other people are doing what we're doing. And here's the thing. Most likely a lot of people are doing what you are doing. There is truth to that. Like if I think about social media coaching and Instagram tips and TikTok, like there's plenty of people doing that. If I think about personal trainers or health coaches, there is a zillion people doing that. So oversaturation is very real. It's not something we have to fear if we are implementing the right thing. So lives, whether we're talking IG live or now there's clubhouse, as we know, that's kind of a different type of live, but keeping it to Instagram for the, for the moment, it's a way to really stand out from the noise. Because if we think about it, plenty of people are posting photos and carousels and graphics and stories and even reels these days, but not that many people actually go live. I think it's one of the most underutilized features of Instagram and how we can show up and connect with our audiences. So that in and of itself is a really great way to stand out from the noise. And if we think about lives in just as the format itself, it is such an intimate way to connect with people and such a human way to connect because on post we're you know we are curating we have a lot of time to think about it and and decide what we want to show and write about stories have a little bit more um you know flexibility and humanness to them but we can record them and choose what we want to put up and lives there's no redoing it it's like you are there on the spot if you stumble over your words if your chest gets really red like mine does all the time it's like just something that's never going to go away like there's no way to hide. And so even though I think for some people that's a really intimidating thing and something that will perhaps prevent them from going live because they're scared of that factor, I think it's actually a it's a pro. It's something that we can tap into because people want that human aspect of ourselves. So combination of, of standing out from the noise because not that many people are doing it and it's such a humanizing element to add to your brand. Yes, I so agree with that. I always hear people saying they're so afraid to go live yeah. because they think they're going to make like a make a mistake and they're forget what they're saying and I'm like that's actually gold right there because that's what makes you relatable and human yes. to your audience. I always used to before I invested in my very lovely phone stand that I love so much. I used to drop my phone, like my phone would just fall whenever I was on lives all the time. And you think as like an Instagram person, I'm like, you can't just get a tripod. Like people are like, what's going on? (laughs) But it became like a running joke. Like they're like, oh my gosh, can someone buy her a tripod? Like why, why is her phone dropping? Like we're getting dizzy. Like it kind of became like a joke versus me like overthinking it and thinking, oh my gosh, I can't even do a live with my phone without falling. I need to just stop. Like, no, that's a connection point. It's a relationship builder. It's a, it's a conversation. Yes. You know? Yeah. People get invested in those little yes. moments, which that's, that's another topic, but just letting people into the process and stories, like it's never necessarily about showing these grand things, but it's the, like, oh, Natasha needs to get a tripod. Like it becomes almost an inside joke. And it's those little moments that really create connection. It's not the like these big fancy trips or ideas or being motivational all the time. It's letting people into those little moments. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Because I think a lot of times people would assume, oh, well, like that only applies to a personal brand. Like it doesn't apply to me as a service provider or someone with a product or as someone with a brick and mortar location. But why do you think that that can be an essential part of any Instagram strategy? 
I think it's because at the end of the day, as I kind of mentioned with lives, people want to connect to the human. And so there's so many people doing, you know, health coaching, or they have a t-shirt company or candles. So of course, we want our product or what we provide to be good and have legs under it. But the connection point, giving people a reason to care, the loyalty actually comes from the personality, the soul, the person or people behind the brand. And so just as a really specific example, um, now that I've had three rounds of students go through my course, I've heard many, many times that one of the main reasons that people want to work with me is because of what I show on social media in my daily life, the Mm -hmm. goofiness, sometimes like just speaking up about my opinions and my values and not being afraid to to let that shine. And so I, I think it's just a really great way to stand out and it's showing those little moments. It's, it's, you know, whether you need a tripod or, um, I heard, uh, another TikTok coach talking about her daily vitamin routine and how people always expect her to post about that. Like we wouldn't think as a social media coach or a TikTok coach that talking about your vitamin routine in the morning is something that people would come to expect. Or an, another example for you of what I do every Saturday, I sing a, a song that goes happy Saturday, happy Saturday, <laughs> um, which is like so random. Right. But people like that. They like the consistency and the goofiness yeah. and, and the quirkiness. And I think it just creates a trust that makes them lean in even more when it comes time to talking about the business, the serious, et cetera. Yes, absolutely. Because I think, especially when it's online, you're only seeing and connecting with someone online, just learning from them isn't enough for someone to truly trust you with their investment, with their time, with their money. They want to feel like, okay, there's a real person that thinks like I do or feels like I do that I can really trust with that decision, which is where I think that that little relatable moment, that humanizing moment really helps. I mean, even thinking to one of my favorite brands, Gold, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Yes, yes. But yeah, and I was like using their brand. I was like, oh, look, I love their branding. I love their products. And then I realized, you know, the founder was a black woman. I was like, yes. And then I kind of like saw more behind the scenes of like them trying to like source their matcha and like, all those little things makes it where I could probably buy matcha from Sprouts or wherever I want to go to locally, but I trust that brand and have a different connection with them than I would with anything that's just going to be in my regular old grocery store. And I think the same thing applies to how anyone represents their brand online. Yes. Yeah. That is a perfect example. There's like an emotional tie to it that is so impactful and and creates our loyalty and repeat purchasing and wanting to continue following someone past just the product, past just the education or the tips alone. Yes. So, so good. I want to dive into the content creation part Um, and I love to nerd out over tools. So I'm curious, like what is in your like app and desktop and physical toolbox that you use like all the time whenever you're creating content? 
Ooh, yeah. Let's talk about it. This is always so fun when like so someone fun. else likes talking about this <laughs> stuff. It's great. So I would say for the most part, I do keep things pretty simple. For photo editing, I use Lightroom. I have presets that I've used for a while. Um, I will say for anyone listening who's frustrated with presets, it is something that you really have to like take on as a project because it's not mm-hmm. just like, let me grab this preset and apply it and then everything is perfect. Every time I apply it, I probably make at least 10 adjustments, which are pretty quick now that I know what I like, but there's a lot of tweaking that has to go on there. So love me some Lightroom. I find that compared to most editing apps, it has a little bit more comprehensiveness in in the tweaks and adjustments that can be made. Um, Other times, let's see, I just actually downloaded the Teza app recently because I think there's some really nice filters there. And I really like the text ability with, um, I use it a lot for my real cover photos. And I really like that I can use those filters filters for my videos. So I don't usually pull them up all the way. I like to pull them down a little bit for like a soft, subtle effect. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Teza is great. So that I'm trying to think anything else for photos. Sometimes, very rarely, I will play around with PixArt a little bit. It's very overwhelming, but it's actually unbelievable. The capabilities there. Anytime I see people's like tutorials on PixArt on TikTok, I'm like, wait, like you can do that on there. It's almost like Photoshop in a way. It's really powerful. Um, And then for video editing, which I am doing pretty much every day, very simply though, I use Splice on my phone. I've used InShot before, also another great app. I've used Video Leap before, also another great editing app. I edit longer form video content on my computer. I use Final Cut Pro. And then a few other just like dabblings here and there that I don't use often, but they are pretty amazing with what they offer. Um, Prequel, P-R-E-Q-U-E-L, has some insane like filters and video filters and like capabilities that once again, similar to PixArt, it's really overwhelming, but it's coming clutch a couple times. And what else do I use? Like any tripods or lights or anything like that? Or you? Yeah. So I have a mini tripod, but I also have my large tripod, which I recommend getting first because your mini one, you need, you know, you got to place it on something. So might as well get the big one first. And I have a ring light. I'm looking at them right now, seeing what I have in my office. (laughs) I also, um, recent purchase, I have a softbox light kit from Amazon, which it took me years to get it, um, but it has come in handy a couple times shooting indoors just because indoor light, even with natural light, sometimes isn't so great. Um, And that, oh, and I have some backdrops. I have a backdrop stand with some like colored cloth and and background stuff, which sometimes comes in handy for TikToks or sponsored content and all that. So that's kind of, there's a good amount of stuff in there. Yeah, those are some good ones. I'm sure people were jotting them down, testing out some new things. Um, Very fun. And uh, let's talk about the content ideas part of everything. So how do you get your content ideas? I know that's probably an age old question you get as well, but I know it's something that people really struggle with is how do I know what to post, what to create? How do I get creative with my content? So where do you kind of get your ideas from? I have so many answers for you because I love talking about content creation and creativity and ideas. So I'm going to try and give them all to you, but I'm going to start with my most basic place that I usually like to tell people because what happens is people ask themselves, what do I post today? 
without doing this prior work that is really going to support them. And what do I post today should almost be the last question you ask after all of these previous steps. So some good places to start are asking yourself, what is your niche, which is a whole topic that we can get into, but figuring out uh, who, what it is that you do, um, what problem you solve and who you help in addition to that ideal client. So who are you helping? Who are you trying to target with your content? And also your personal story. And we've talked about how weaving your personal story and your personality is so crucial in this social media day and age, because we want that to come through in your stories, in your posts, etc. So that's a really great foundational place to start in a branding sense. And once you have that, another topic that I love to talk about is content pillars. So the main themes, the main buckets of your brand. So if you're a personal trainer, it might look something like fitness, nutrition, mindset, my story, because that needs to be its own pillar and perhaps another one. And once you have those pillars defined, you can then brainstorm all of these topics that go underneath each pillar. And I would suggest when you brainstorm these topics, just, you know, set a timer, let things come out and then coming back to it, maybe in a day and seeing how you can distill those topics down even further. So for example, if you have the pillar nutrition, And then one of your topics is healthy breakfasts. Well, healthy breakfast is not one post. That could probably be one zillion posts between how to uh, make a grab-and-go breakfast, overnight oats recipe, what are the ingredients to a healthy breakfast, should you eat in the morning before you work out, like see how granular you can get with everything to really milk out all those content ideas. So that's a good place to start. But a few other ideas that I want to throw out there that are a little bit different is jotting down anything that comes to mind that anyone asks you, whether it's over DM, a comment, uh, a text message from a friend who might be kind of your ideal person and keeping a running log that way, because you're actually going straight to the source with what your person, your ideal person wants from you to talk about and create. And then the other thing that I like to bring in is, I guess, a little bit more from a visual standpoint is to get inspired by what you're wearing. If you have a dress and it's flowy, if you're in an environment where perhaps there's a pole and you can like lean against it. So that's a little bit like the content, the messaging standpoint of how to just bang out so much content ideas. And then from a visual standpoint, how to get inspired by just what you have, what's around you, what's, what you're wearing. Ooh, those are so, so good and really great starting points for almost having way too much content ideas to I go know, from. I, know. I always say like, once you find how to generate ideas, like you get clear on those pillars, like you get a system for storing all those little ideas and moments that happen in your day to day, you'll be like, wow, I have way too many things to create, which is definitely a good problem to have. And I would love to just end things off on like, I think a lot of people struggle with like really bringing their personality and fun to social media. I think you do this so, so well. So what would be one piece of advice that you'd give someone if they're just like struggling to show up, they're struggling to really feel like their authentic self online, what would you tell them? 
Oh, it's such a tough one because it's so important. And I think there's so many layers to this. I think a lot of it starts with mindset, which is honestly at like the core of everything we do, social media or or otherwise. And I know, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the mindset queen or expert by any chance. I know I have a lot to work on that myself, but I am aware that that is so critical to what we do. So someone might say like, oh, I can't let my, I don't know how to let my personality shine through. But if you dig through, through a little bit deeper, it's actually that they have a lot of fear of judgment. What is this person Mm going to say about me? What are they going to think? Or they have self-doubt. I hear all the time, oh, you know, I'm just so afraid people are going to think I'm annoying and then unfollow me. So that's really the place to start is like, what is actually holding you back? Is it that you're overthinking? Is it imposter syndrome? Is it you're doubting yourself? You're scared of what other people are going to think? Um, What is the actual core of that? And then really doing some work on that specific obstacle because once it's not about overcoming it i think these fears and anxieties and stresses are always there but it's really learning more so how to manage it and once you can kind of not conquer that but be aware of that and work on that i think it's also really important and this is something that i it's a work in progress so once again i'm not the expert i don't have this all figured out but it's understanding that like you are not meant for everyone you are not everyone's cup of tea you can be that ripest juiciest peach in the whole world someone's still gonna hate peaches out there and know that it's not your place in this world to like please everyone however if you're living in this loop warm state where you're just kind of in the middle. You're never really letting your true self shine. You're never really kind of speaking up about what you believe in or what you're excited about. You're in this lukewarm state. So like, yeah, maybe people like kind of like you and they're sort of following along. The more you turn up the dial and get towards that hot, which is like, you are you, you're showing up authentically as yourself. Yeah. You're going to repel some people away. But what I have found is that it makes your people come even closer to you. So you no longer have this lukewarm feeling, but you're repelling some of the people who don't get it. And then those people who are truly your people are coming in closer. And and that's really the beauty of it. So it's hard to come to terms with that when you're a people pleaser like myself. But when you realize that that benefit actually outweighs that con, it's a really powerful thing to come to terms with. Um, So that's kind of from a more mindset perspective, but to give some like actual tangible tools and tips. Something that I realized this past year in 2020 is that being in quarantine and COVID and stay at home and all that kind of stuff, I have been doing a lot less. Like I'm pretty much just at my desk all day long. I don't really have a ton to show people in order to connect that way. Like I used to when I was a soul cycle instructor running around the city or in New York going to events. So one thing to let people into is not necessarily showing because you might not have a lot to show right now, but it's letting people into your mind. What are you thinking about? And coming back to that idea of those sort of mundane, small moments, letting people in that way. And I think it's a really great way to let your personality come through, perhaps in just a a subtle way to begin with, if you're a little bit nervous. So for example, if you are talking with a friend and you realize, oh my goodness, my whole life, I've been saying, play it by year instead of play it by ear and you're like wait I've been saying or spelling that wrong that's something you can get on stories and be like oh my god I've been saying this wrong my whole life anyone else 
or you just stubbed your toe and it really hurts and you can get on and be like, ah, I stubbed my toe. Like it sounds so silly, but letting people into these moments of the songs you're thinking about, the things that you've mispronounced, the fact that you hurt your toe is a really great way to just sort of dip your toe in the water of letting your personality shine through. And those interactive elements like polls, et cetera, is a great way to start getting your community to engage with you as well. Oh, so good. And I know that is going to give someone listening out there the encouragement that they needed to just stub their toe and talk about it on stories. Do what you got to do. Yes. Oh, (laughs) so many great gems. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me on the show. I would love for you to share where people can find you, connect with you, binge your content and get inspired. Heck yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I always love talking about all things social media. So it's such a pleasure. In terms of finding me, I have the same username across all platforms. I am Jara Bean, J-E-R-A dot B-E-A-N. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Clubhouse now as well. So those are definitely the three best platforms to come find out, you know, all the content and hang out with me a little bit. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was so good. Thank you. Thank you so much to today's expert guests for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps support our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.